Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the book of John, chapter number 6, the Gospel of John. We were just learning the books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's towards the back of your Bible, the Gospel of John, chapter number 6. And uh, we're going to begin by reading verses 66 through 68. And have a little bit of a message here and some pictures to show you and uh, just... uh, a little bit of a challenge today, maybe more. Uh, and let me just get my music stands for a second. We had a good time out at Countryside Baptist Church this morning. Good for some of us. Pastor Shut is sick. And so he wasn't there, so I had to preach. I don't get out to preach there that much on Sunday mornings, but I've enjoyed it. And uh, the opportunities to speak there and just to see God building His church is a wonderful thing. Boy, that's, that's amazing what God can do. Keep, keep praying for that ministry. This is one of the saddest verses in all of the Bible, verse 66, John 6, 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I want to speak on that little subject there, that little question in verse 67, will ye also go away? Will ye also go away? About 10 days ago, I was just looking over some of the uh, uh, news, and I came across the Fox News, and they reported that... uh, the, those that adhere to Christianity in America are at an all-time low. Uh, they said the record high was in 1991. Now, this was uh, Fox News September the 15th this year, 2022, where uh, they uh, did a survey, and they've been keeping records. And uh, those in America who said they were associated with the Christian faith The highest number ever was in 1991, and that was 90%. They reported that this year in 2022, that those in their survey who said that they adhere with the tenets of the Christian faith are 63%. Uh, That's a 27-point drop uh, in uh, our, our, our country. Now, of course... I think it would be wonderful if 63% of our country is Christian. All right? 63% of our country is not Christian. These are just people that go to Christian churches, Christian religion. They were baptized, confirmed, took communion or whatever. Or their parents were Christian, so of course I'm a Christian. Grandma and grandpa, or I go to this Christian church. And that means nothing unless you've been born again. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
But it does show that there was a time when, when, when Christianity was very foundational in our country and that we, will, uh, we are getting away from that. They said the greatest drop especially is among the youth uh, in their 20s uh, where they said almost all youth in their 20s have abandoned uh, the Christian faith, according to that Fox report, again, September 15th, uh, 2022. Uh, these are not Christians. These are just people that say they're Christians. Uh, you can go to a Christian church all you want to and get your names on the church rolls or whatever, and that doesn't mean you're, you're a Christian. We, we, know, we know that. I'm just trying to make a point early in the message here that uh, the influence of Christianity is uh, uh, in decline. This is not the first time this has ever happened in history. We just read a question by Jesus in verse 67, Will ye also go away? Why? Because in verse 66 it told us from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him, so this is not the first time this has ever happened in history. Um, the psalmist uh, David said in Psalm twelve and verse one, in his day, a thousand years before Christ, "Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men." So he saw the same phenomenon. In his day, the faithful are failing from a men, among men. The godly are ceasing. All right, that's not just something new. You can't just look at America and say, what is happening? Like this has never happened before. This happened in David's day. That's why he said, help, Lord. Now, there's a good prayer for us. We should be praying for our nation. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. I mean, they were just becoming ungodly in David's day. And the faithful men were failing. It was hard to find any more faithful men in David's day. And then in Jesus' day, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So it happened in Jesus' day. Many. It doesn't say a few guys took off and quit. It says, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, he spent about 40 days on earth, and then he told his disciples, you know, tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And uh, 10 days later at Pentecost, the, the Holy Spirit came down upon the church in great anointing power. But you know how many there were of all the men and the women who were in that prayer meeting waiting for Jesus to send the Holy Spirit? The Bible says in Acts chapter number 1, 120. 120, that's what it tells us. After all those years of ministering to thousands and thousands and thousands of people and healing so many people, doing so many miracles, the Bible says you couldn't write enough books to detail all the things Jesus did for people. But when the dust settled, uh, there was 120 people left in prayer meeting uh, on uh, the day of Pentecost and for those 10 days. And so we uh, 
see this. Now, what is happening here in front of our eyes is prophetic. Uh, it's prophetic. It has been prophesied. Turn to Second Thessalonians. We can come back to John later. But right now, if you could turn to the book of Second Thessalonians, it's also in the New Testament towards the back. Chapter 2 and verse number 3 says this, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And it goes on and talks about the revelation of the Antichrist. But prior to the revelation of the Antichrist in the world... This statement is made in verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That word falling away there comes from a Greek word, apostasia, from which we get the English word apostasy. That day will not come. We're talking about the tribulation, the Antichrist except there be a falling away first. So that's prophecy. So we look at numbers like this, and this should break our hearts, because God has been so good to our country. Like no other country in history, God has just poured out His goodness, His blessings, His benefits on our nation. Our whole nation today should just be prostrate before God, thanking Him for how good it is to live here. But the Bible prophesies there will be a falling away. And these numbers show a falling away, just as the Bible prophesies. That word apostasia is sometimes used in the Bible three times to translate into the word divorce. Divorce. It's like people are going to divorce themselves from God in the last days. Have you seen any of that? Or is it just my imagination? We don't want God, and it's like our country got a divorce from the God who who blessed us and made our nation great. And uh, 1991 was amazing. It really was. It was just There was so much nationalism, so much patriotism. Churches were packed to the gills. And it was amazing. I want to show you some pictures up here from 1991. And uh, back then we had uh, three buses that we'd run every week. We added another one. We started running four full buses. But here's one here. I don't know if you can see Kathy. Where's Kathy? You here? There you are. You see yourself in that picture? She's in the blue dress. Over from the right there. And uh, I think that's Jeff Brash over there. And you see all the riders they had on that Sunday, 1991. Go to the next picture. And this is another bus. There's Elliot in the middle. And over here is Bob Rizzo. I don't know if you know Bob Rizzo or not. Uh, Over to the left was his wife, Lori. And this is a a, a group that they uh, brought up from uh, the uh, Silver Creek area. And... uh, I know this was 1991 because they left our church in 92 to help their brother, her brother, Craig Durham, start the Independent Baptist Church, uh, which ended up in Irving for 11 years and then went down to Fredonia, the Victory Baptist Church, been there over 25 
years, but there's, that was what a bus looked like in 1991. Go to the next one. Here's one from Buffalo. That's why the kid's falling out of the window. <laughs> and uh, I got my little magnifying glass, and I counted over 50 people on this bus that day. Way over to the right, the farthest one to the right with the sunglasses on, that's Lynn Broughton. She was here last Sunday for a Roundup Sunday, and uh, she was a bus captain up there in Buffalo, and uh, 50 riders that day. And by the way, I added up the three pictures you just saw, 108 riders on those three buses that day. And that's how it was in 1991. It was almost like they were kicking kids on the bus. Uh, yeah, take my kids, get out of here. I don't care what you do with them. Where are you from? Eden? No, I don't know where that is, but go take them. And it was just, it was just, it was just amazing those days, the days we had in Farnham and so on and so forth, just, just, just people would just be pouring into churches. Just a note here, you see this uh, boy on the right with the white, the uh, black young man, you see him there? He's all the way over on the right, right in front of Lynn. This is David. What was his last name? You remember his last name? David, uh, David was shot and killed trying to protect his mother down in Buffalo. He was a fine young man. He used to come not only on Sunday mornings, but he'd get a ride back here sometimes, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. You know, he knew the Lord. He loved the Lord. And uh, he was at home one day, and his, uh, a man who was, he was familiar with, who was familiar with his mother, was trying to break in and, and, and attack his mother, and he, he held the door, held the door so he couldn't bust in. And the guy shot right through the door and killed David. And uh, we believe because of his faith in Jesus Christ, David is with the Lord uh, in heaven. And uh, so we're glad. But uh, that's, that's just what it was like in 1991. Go ahead, you can take those down. I just wanted to show you that uh, th- things were different. Uh, nowadays, Sunday is for kids, it's, it's baseball, it's football, it's uh, dancing, it's cheerleading, it's... Uh, Volleyball, and I'm talking about Sunday mornings. Um, It's not the Lord's Day. We have desecrated the Lord's Day uh, today, and there's so much, so many distractions, and I I feel for the children. Those weren't all children, though. Those were teens. There was adults riding those buses, too, and uh, coming to the house of the Lord. And uh, these were amazing days, and I can understand these numbers. Now it's hard to get uh, children into church, youth into church. And uh, the young people uh, who are deserting and abandoning the faith in their 20s, um, divorcing almost like, divorcing themselves from God, uh, falling away. Just like the Bible said, we must be getting very close to the last days. I mean, it hurts our hearts, but in the sense of our faith, we look at the Bible and says it says there's going to be a falling away before the Antichrist is revealed. Well, I got... News for you, Jesus comes to the clouds before that day for his believers and takes them out. So certainly if there's a falling away before the Antichrist, there's a falling away before Christ returns for his church, which could be very, uh, very soon. Um, Turn to uh, 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4, that's a couple more books towards the back, just a few pages from where you're at. 2 Timothy 4, and uh, verses 3 and 4, For the time will come 
when they will not endure sound doctrine, but shall, uh, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, um, and shall be turned unto fables. Another verse says, 1 Timothy 4.1, if you want to turn back to that one. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Wow. That's the only time that's mentioned in the Bible. The Spirit speaketh expressly. In other words, I, I want you to hear this. <laughs> if I started shouting up here and beating the pulpit, you'd say, he's kind of speaking expressly right now. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Will ye also go away? Some shall depart. So this is prophecy. These numbers here from Fox News are just simply showing prophecy. I've shown you three prophecies today where this is supposed to happen. Not that God wants it to happen, just that God, by his foreknowledge, knows everything. And he's written it down for us as a sign to watch out for. But that doesn't mean we have to go away. It says, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing spirits. What's that? Spirits that make you feel good. We live in an emotional, feel-good world where people are just guided by their emotions, just guided by their feelings. Well, you know, if that's your fix, you're probably not going to find that in church. Uh, there's nothing wrong with emotions. God gave them to us. And I hope we rejoice and joy in the Lord and sing hallelujah and all that. God gave us emotions. God gave us feelings. But if those are going to guide your life, you're probably going to leave the church pretty quick as soon as you get a chance. If you're going to follow seducing spirits, spirits that just want to lead you into life that just feels good. That's what seduce means. To try to just get someone to feel good. There are spirits, demons, who know the human race so well that they can seduce us to say, hey, this lifestyle over here is better than the Christian life. You'll feel better. You probably will too for a while. Then the depression comes in and the misery comes in and the conviction comes in and the guilt comes in. But for a while, there's pleasures in sin for a season. And what we are seeing here is prophecy. We're seeing signs of the times. We're seeing that we're getting closer and closer and closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and his return. And by the way, let me just say this to you too. Jesus was never in a popularity contest. I mean, it was almost like Fox News and all the other news branches took glee in this number. Isn't this wonderful how we're progressing? Yeah, we're doing very well without God in our country. Doing very well with the drugs, the alcohol, the gambling, the pornography, the uh, one-third of our children growing up without fathers, uh, crime. The economy is just wonderful. Uh, military, that they're, they're doing a number on that. 
Now, I don't think our country's doing that well without God, like it used to. Uh, depression, suicide. My, oh my, whoever, th- whoever thought these things would become so big, not, now we're going to smoke dope, uh, smoke marijuana. That'll help our nation a lot, won't it? We'll find God through that, won't we? Um, my, my, oh my. No, our nation is not what it once was. Uh, we kind of dispelled God about 60 years ago and said, you know, God, we, we'll take it from here. And uh, we don't need you. We're humanists now. We'll trust in humans to give us all the answers. <laughs> you know, we've set five consecutive year records for STDs in our nation. Five consecutive years for sexually transmitted disease. You go to the CDC's website, and they'll show you that in 2016, we started setting all-time records for first-time cases of STDs. We're doing really great without God, aren't we? He says abstain from fornication. That would probably solve that problem. And walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Man, I would be paranoid with all that disease out there nowadays uh, if I was growing up. So this happened in Jesus' day. Back at our text in John 6 and verse 66. And it's happening today. A great falling away from what it used to be. Now those of you that are trying to work in the bus ministry, <laughs> it's different. Pastor Ben and Bethany were telling me about their big route that they had over in the east side of Buffalo for 10 years. And all oh, they didn't have buses big enough sometimes. He says that route's down to four riders now. Four riders from the east side that are coming to church. They, they, they just find it's like pulling teeth trying to get parents to let their kids ride buses because their kids are doing everything else on Sunday. And uh, don't think they need God. And boy, I'll tell you what, man, our, our, our inner cities are becoming like shooting galleries. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's something else. A falling away. A falling away. But he says, will you also go away to his 12? Now, these guys were probably in their 20s. Uh, the guys that left in verse 66 were probably in their 20s because if you study Christ, he, he pretty much chose young men. If I was Christ, I would follow young men, and he's a lot wiser than I'll ever be because so he can get their whole lives to serve him. Uh, he probably called Peter in 27 AD, probably around 27 AD, he said, come follow me. And Peter left his nets where he was fishing and began to follow the Lord. Now, when this was written, Jesus had been ministering for about two years. About two years. He had many followers. And after a few years, they left. After one or two years, verse 66 From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Can you imagine that? Walked no more with him. What a a statement. Now, why did they leave? Because in verse 60, 
It says this, many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Do you know Jesus says hard sayings to his disciples? Now understand what a disciple is. First of all, in the progression of of, of the development of God's child, you become a believer first. You must be born again. You've got to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Then you could turn over to John 8, 31, and it says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So a disciple is somebody who continues in his word. Some people just believe, then you never see him again. And I think if they really had that Faith at that moment, they're saved, and they're saved forever. Uh, They're a child of God. But some believers never go on. But these went on. These became disciples. A disciple was a learner, a pupil, one who studied a master, studied everything about the master personally, and studied everything the master ever said with the intention of being a student who would become just like him someday. That's God's educational system. We look up to Jesus Christ. We study everything he ever said. We study everything he ever did with the, with the hopes that by the work of the Holy Ghost in us, we can become just like him. And that's what the word Christian means. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So that's the progression of the child of God. You're a believer first. Then you start studying about Jesus Christ, and and sometimes it takes a long time, but then you become like Christ. You respond like Christ. You act like Christ. You react like Christ. You give your life like Christ to the gospel and to others, and and, and you you, uh, uh, are, are kind and loving and forgiving and all those things Christ was. Christians. So these are disciples here. And so sometimes Jesus says to his disciples something that is hard. This is a hard saying. And what happened to them? Verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, doth this offend you? I remember a guy walking up to me after a sermon one day and said, "You, Pastor Cole, you offended me, and I didn't see that guy for 10 years. Praise the Lord. He came back to his senses, and now he's serving God. He got offended. Offended. You know what that is, an offended person? An offended person is a little person with little feelings. And if your little feelings, if you get hurt by your little feelings, quit having little feelings. If you're going to be a soldier for Jesus Christ, you have got to stop, men and women, you've got to stop having little feelings and getting your feelings hurt. You'll never be a soldier that way. When I was in basic training at Fort Jackson, I saw them send a lot of those guys home during basic training who got their little feelings hurt because a drill sergeant called him a maggot. Called him a little mama's boy. 
And they work on you emotionally and mentally and physically in basic training because they want to they root those guys out. Because they're not good enough to be soldiers. The Bible says we're supposed to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. That means that sometimes we may hear something hard from preaching, teaching, counseling. But these guys heard a hard saying and it offended them. And many of them turned back and walked no more with him after one year. Or two years maybe. Maybe two years. Now Peter was called in about 27 AD. That's my figures. It's ballpark figure. He died historically in 67 AD. That's pretty much a historical fact. When he went to Rome and died, he was crucified upside down. And Peter died. Somebody do the math. How many years did Peter walk with the Lord? He died in 67 AD. He was called by Jesus around 27 AD. How many years did he walk with the Lord? 40 years. How many years did these other guys walk with the Lord? One, two. Why can't we all be like Peter? What did Peter say? Then Simon answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? What a question. Where am I going to go? The the, the beer drinking crowd? Where am I going to go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Am I going to go to the drug crowd? Am I going to go to the partying crowd? Or Thou hast the words of eternal life. Am I going to go to the professor at the college or the university? Does he have the words of eternal life? Am I going to go to the philosophers? Am I going to go to the scientists? Have you noticed over the last few years how confused scientists can be? Do we really want to put our confidence in? Oh, I I follow the science. Well, you're probably going in circles then. Now, every Christian loves true science. True science to us is knowledge based on observation or experiment. Yeah, observation. The chrysanthemums are in bloom. They're in bloom every time this, this time of year comes around. When the chrysanthemums are in bloom, folks, it's almost over. <laughs> and you know, I watched the snowbells back in March, and then the crocuses, and then the hyacinths, and then the tulips, and then the the uh, daffodils, and then the flocks. And, then, and, and you know what? They, they all followed the same pattern they have for 65 years of my life. And I said, you know something? There's nothing wrong with the environment. The environment, folks, is fine. I predict the leaves are going to start falling pretty soon. My wife and I went down to Jacksonville Beach back in May, and we're walking Jacksonville Beach, and they're building condominiums and apartments and hotels all along the beach. And I'm walking along the line where the sand is, and I'm thinking of Jeremiah, who said, God put the sand there as a perpetual boundary. 
These people must believe Jeremiah and not the environmentalists. Because the environmentalists are saying, all the ice is going to melt and we're going to flood all the cities and everything. But God said, I put the sand here as a perpetual boundary. And these guys are building condominiums for millions of dollars from here to the wall from the boundary of the sand. I don't think there's anything wrong with the environment. And climate change. Watch out for this climate change cult that's trying to indoctrinate our youth. It's a cult. It's not science. It's a cult. I got news for you. The climate always changes. The environment always changes, but it's always consistent. Genesis 8.22 was written 4,400 years ago. You read that and it's still the same today. Summer, winter, heat, cold. God says they'll never stop till the world ends. God's been pretty consistent. Can you imagine a baseball player hitting 4,400 consecutive hits, never missing once? Say, boy, I like that guy on my team. These environmentalists keep predicting over and over and over again, the end of the world, the end of the world, the end of the world. 73 predictions in the last couple of decades, and they've been wrong on every one. Every single one they have been wrong on. Where are we going to go? Where are you going to go? To the scientists? Hollywood? Where shall we go? Well, that, that's a great crowd to follow. Boy, they're a real example. Uh, for us. Where are you going to go? The, Simon answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Now in closing, I believe all the men in this story went to heaven because they were saved. Peter's in heaven. He walked with the Lord for 40 years. These other guys are in heaven. They walk with the Lord for one or two years. Then they got offended by a hard saying and they quit. Who do you think feels better up there? Do you know when God wipes away tears? You know that verse we always quote at funerals? That's so far in the future, it's not funny. That's after the tribulation. That's after the millennium. That's after the creation of the new heavens and the new earth. Then God's going to wipe away all tears. Who do you think feels better in heaven today? Peter? Now the Lord, the Lord doesn't force anyone. The Lord says to you, will you also go away? You've got a free will. You young men got a free will. The world's calling you young men. You young ladies. It's calling you with bullhorns a lot louder than Pastor Cole. Every day on the television, every day on the radio, it's calling you and saying, I want you to come over here. We're having such a good time. You do not know what you're missing. Don't listen to them. I like Peter. I think the guy's about 22. I don't know. 22, 25 years old right here, Peter. And he says, where will we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And then he says this in the next verse, and we'll close, in verse 69. And we believe and are sure. You know why so many young people have left the church today? 
They're not sure. They don't study it on their own. They just listen to the pastor and their Bible collects dust. But you know, you get into this book and you start studying the claims of Christ, the miracles of Christ, the prophecies of Christ, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, the only one, you will say, like Peter, and we believe, and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But you got to be sure for yourself. Down these steps are a bunch of doctrinal booklets on all kinds of doctrines. I wrote them in my youth. I just wanted to be sure. I said, I don't want to trust, although I I love pastors and I love the church and and I believe they sincerely tried to teach me the truth, I said, I wanted to know for myself. And when I was 22 years of age, I, like Peter, said, Lord, to whom shall I go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And I believe, and I'm sure, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But some aren't studying for their own these days. And they go to the college and the university and it ain't about a semester and they come back an agnostic, an atheist, a secular humanist. Mom, Dad don't know what they're talking about. Church don't know because they never studied themselves. You study yourself and you'll be sure. Nobody's like Jesus. Nobody's like Jesus. Just look at his prophecies. He just, prophecy just flowed out of him like rivers of living water. This is what's going to happen, folks. And boy, I like following somebody who knows what's going to happen. The Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today, the challenge of Jesus to the free will of every man, to the free will of every woman where he asks us, will you also go away? So many, even in our church, and I I hope not, but probably some people sitting here today have been thinking about some that used to walk with us, used to show great potential, but they got offended, or they heard something and said, that's too hard. I could never live up to that. And being ignorant of the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit they thought they had to do it in their own flesh. And they said, I, I, I'm not going to. What, what a sad thing. I, what's heaven like today, Lord, with all those many that turn back and walk no more with you? And they're up there. They're saved. But there's Peter and others who walk with you for 40 years. God, help us to be like Peter with all his faults. He became a patient man and and a faithful man and you used him. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for some young men and young ladies who are here in church today. I'm so glad. I'm so glad they're here, Lord. I'm so glad they're here. There's so few like them in their age group. But I know the world's trying to pull them as far and as fast away from God as, as possible. God help them to consider again Jesus Christ, 
to search themselves, to become Bible students of the claims, the miracles, the prophecies, and the resurrection of Christ. God, give us Peters, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like us to close the service turning to page 470. In your hymn book, as we stand together, 470, Living for Jesus. Amen. What a great song. If you want to come and pray at this altar while we're singing, you step right out and pray. Nobody's going to bother you. If you want someone to pray with you, let me know. We'll have someone pray with you about something. If you're not saved and you've never been born again, please, 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 if I could persuade you, I would. Trust Christ today. Come to the front. We'll have somebody talk with you about the gospel, pray with you, so you can receive Christ as your Savior and have eternal life. As we sing page 470, would you come today and pray? Pray for this generation. Pray for our church. Won't you come?